Hello, podcast people, and welcome to another Quiet Mind podcast. I'm Robert, your host, reporting from beautiful Sedona, Arizona. First of all, I want to thank all of you that are supporting the podcast on Patreon. You are appreciated. Thank you for your help and support. And I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to hear the ramblings of a rogue meditator on the pathless path to awakening. Now, on with the podcast. Today's subject, how to achieve self-love. Know that I am is love. I am is the arising of consciousness within the mind. The I am is the catalyst for self-love, pointing back at itself. This is the road to self-awareness. I am that being, and you are that being. The idea, the concept of love and awareness of being, is a manifestation or creation of the I-thought. Behind the I-thought is pure consciousness and awareness of being. I am. The ability to see within and be aware, to witness without labeling, judging, condemning, or creating division. The arising of I am within the mind of me without a voice, without a watcher, a lover of all things. This thought, this thinker, arrives and passes through the gateless gate. He is a knower of all things full of opinions and questions. Slowly, all opinion is dropped and all questions are answered. What remains? A witness, a feeling of loving awareness. Thoughts come and go, but there's no one or no thing attaching to them. Love is seen as the infinite power, powerful enough to move mountains and create stars in the sky. This one observes, and in observance, lets go of all conclusions, all knowing. In just being, it goes beyond into the void of conception. Here, it watches worlds being created, sustained, and destroyed. The infinite blackness of all creation is floating in the consciousness. All is well. He knows this. Here he can say yes or no to anything. This is the birthplace of ideas. They begin as a flash, a vision, an inspiration. Clearing the path by letting go of all doubt, all self-hate, all self-criticism. This one opens to the infinite field of all possibilities in the birthplace of dreams. The little sprout pops up from the darkness. In a burst of color, there is sound and movement and vision. This one is amazed. Perhaps he takes one and with his magic makes it into a physical thing. He brings the wisp of inspiration into the tangible physical world. They all should be aware to keep it close at first not to show the dream too early, not to tell the story of the tiny spark too soon. It's too vulnerable. It must be brought into fruition with tender, loving care. 
Showing it too early can kill it, so keep it close to your heart, like a loving mother would her infant child. Nurse it, feed it, love it, and let it grow stronger. When it reaches the right point, then you can share it with the world. You must trust that you will know the right time to share it. Don't be concerned about an audience. Those that are drawn to it will show up. You are a conduit for creativity, so don't take the credit. Give all the credit to the muse. All beings are creators. There doesn't need to be a reason to be a creator. It's our nature to create and share. Certainly, you can have an objective if you must, but approach it in a humble way to serve all, to love all, and to heal all with humility, compassion, and empathy. Yes, the bar is set high, but don't grade yourself. Don't pay attention to the numbers. Trust the flow of the natural world. Remember to listen to the wind in the trees. Work daily to erase all doubt of who and what you think you are. Nurture your connection to the natural world and all beings that reside here. See with the eyes of a child the wonder of it all and be a servant of life. Love each other and be well. So what does this have to do with self-love? This came out this morning after my meditation just a message to myself, and I thought, perhaps this could be a message to you as well. So what is that? What is self-love? To me, self-love is understanding, first of all, who and what the self really is. Currently, we may be identifying with discursive thought, negative thought, in our minds, telling us who and what we are. I won't use any of those descriptives right now because we've gone into a very positive place with this little essay that I've written here. When we know that I am is love, I am to me is that first spark that we feel of consciousness of being, of knowing that there is something here observing and doing. And that, to me, when you follow back in your practice, you follow back the origin, the source of that I am, you can have a direct experience of what we would call just pure consciousness, just this awareness that is observing and seeing all things which I've spoken of many times. You can't point to this enough. With the I am arising in the consciousness within the mind, to me that is a, it's a, it's a catalyst for us to be able to delve deeper into self-awareness. What we may find in that journey of self-awareness is the space where we come in to this thinking that we know everything. Well, I did, because 
as since a youth, I guess I was a know-it-all. So we're going to come into it, uh, the spiritual journey, let's say, and thinking that there's something that we know, and maybe what we're looking for is confirmation of that knowledge. So we say, I know there is a great creator that has created everything. I'm, I'm certain of this, and I know there is a savior of all humanity, and I know that there are hundreds of thousands of deities, and I know these are all the things that I come into the journey with, my hands being full, my cup being full. The story goes that a, I think it was some emperor came to see a Zen master, and he offered him tea, began to pour the tea into the emperor's cup and let it overflow. This emperor had come to see this particular master and learn his secrets. And as he was pouring this tea, the master purposely overflowed the teacup. And the emperor says, what are you doing there? You're, it's spilling all over the place. And of course, I'm paraphrasing in my own way. It's spilling everywhere. He says, well, you're like this teacup in this tea. You're coming here to me wanting to know these things, but you're already too full. So you got to get rid of some of that tea. (laughs) So this is the story of getting rid of some tea. It does point back to the concept of self-love. Coming in to the doorway of the temple, bringing in all the luggage, You can't fit in through the door. There are some things that you have to leave behind. So you leave these things behind. And in doing so, this seems to be the process. That process is letting go of what you think you know till you reach this point of where you know that you don't know. Therefore, the cup is empty. (laughs) In that moment of the cup being empty, there's a succession of events that happen that are actually really quite intriguing. And they go like this. One of the events is when you understand that you don't know, the slate is clear. So anything is possible. Maybe at that point, you might be flooded with even more concepts, uh, more knowing, quote-unquote. And as you progress, you learn to also let go of that knowing to unburden yourself, continually dropping the knowing of something. And there's a point in reaching a space of not knowing where instead of there being the struggle of the journey in your meditation practice of knowing, of praying, of even screaming out loud in your head like I had done many times in a silent meditation session practice, (laughs) screaming, wake up, please, give me some sort of a sign? Is there somebody home? Is there somebody there? <laughs> and then finally reaching a point where, you know what, there, there's nobody anywhere. Oh, thank goodness, there's nobody anywhere. You can dip into this thing that's behind the I thought, and we've labeled it many times and many things, but this seems to be this grounding place. This place where you arrive, where there is just this awareness, and there is awareness that there is an awareer being alive. <laughs> it's a, it all at this point. It all sounds very jumbled, I know, but 
believe me, it may make sense to some. So the ability to see within and be aware is this uh, witnessing without any kind of um, arising thought of being attached to. It's as simple as that. Being the knower of this, being the one that has realized that there are really no answers to his or her or their questions, comes the great rest. And in that dropping of all things, there's just a feeling of wonderment, of bliss. You can sit here and watch things be created and sustained and destroyed within this process of just being a witness to the universe and how it operates. There is a feeling of being connected to all these things. And there is a knowing that this is a space or a place within a void where all things are arising into creation. And that we're creators. And we're a part of that. And we can be the conduit for this creative flow to come into the tangible physical world. So once again, what does that have to do with achieving self-love? It is knowing who and what you really are is one thing. To first know who is the self, who is the Robert, who is the you, who is that? To know that self, to know exactly what it is. And I can't even name that for you. After all these years, I've been doing this for almost 30 years, the meditation, and even longer than that. And I'm not bragging, I'm just reporting. It's been a long time (laughs) since I uh, started doing meditation practice and exploration into the spiritual metaphysical realms of all of uh, uh, creation. Uh, the guy reporting back, I, I, I'm nobody special, I, I'm just reporting back. This is what I've seen, and this is what comes to me sometimes after these deep, quiet meditations where uh, I have dropped body and mind, and I'm just nothing. <laughs> and, and I'll be woken up sometimes by, by the alarm on my phone, and it scares the hell out of me. <laughs> so anyway, the idea is that Once we really understand who we truly are, that we are not the things that we thought we were or the labels that were put on us, our identifiers are um, seen for what they are, and that these labels are not the true self. They are not who we truly are at the core of our being. And in knowing that, in seeing that, and being able not to name exactly what it is that we are, one thing that we can know is that we can be um, a lover of ourself. (laughs) We can love ourselves for who we are, even though we might not be able to absolutely, completely define what that is. So we take a step back and we say, wow, okay, so if I'm the loving awareness, if I'm everything, um, Wow, that means that I can do anything. I can create worlds. I can manifest just by thinking thoughts. Yeah, we need to pull it back a couple steps at that point. I've been there before. It's almost like that point of where the one ring is going to give you this power, and you decide in that moment that you're not going to put the ring on, that you're going to make sure it's destroyed. Because then that becomes something like a spiritual superego. And we've seen many leaders out there, many gurus, many teachers that have gone 
down a path of what we might call deviance. They have actually taken that to be fact, that I am God. (laughs) And that's not what this is about. This is about seeing for yourself that you are more than you are, but you're seeing it and bringing in that humility. And maybe then you contemplate to create some kind of objective. And in that pious manner, you can create the objective that what you want to do is you want to help other people. You want to, you want to um, be a servant of life, to help others, and to do this with compassion and empathy and not to gain any kind of merit. You've realized there's no such thing as gaining merit. You've reached this point of where you know that is the other part of this practice. And like the bodhisattva path is, you know, you're going to put aside your own individual enlightenment to help others. But on this path, if you do have an enlightenment or an awakening, uh, that's great. Uh, because what the enlightening or awakening may be is this isn't all about me. I do need to reach out and help others, but I still, at the same time, I need to love myself. I need to care for myself. I need to make sure that I have food, that I have shelter, that I have what I need. And I need not to put aside the suffering and pain that I feel as an individual, the trauma that may have occurred in my life. I can't put these things aside or believe that I can bypass them by my meditation practice. I need to be a friend and a compassionate uh, listener to my own suffering, my own pain. I need to create a nest for that where I actually nurture it and I give it what it needed, what it didn't get when I was younger. Now, once again, I'm no therapist. It's just me, Robert, the guy on the internet. As always, um, if you are in uh, too deep, ask for help. Don't just search the internet. (laughs) Um, And I I come to you in all humility in sharing this. And that is that I saw myself as someone who wanted to jump right to becoming enlightened and go right on past the dark shadow side of my past. I admit this fully. And in, in doing that, I didn't completely eliminate my trauma and my, in my past. There was a lot I still had to look at. So I decided to go back in. And of course, our friend Thich Nhat Hanh, who, whom I absolutely adore, love him, with us in spirit still, obviously. A picture of him here in my little recording studio, my meditation hut. He pops in every once in a while. And when he did pop in last time, he popped in saying this, that I'm just reporting to you. I'm sure that the video is available of him talking about this, making a friend of your, of your trauma, your suffering, your past not pushing it aside, not bypassing it, but bringing it in. Because when we avoid that, what we may go into is a belief that we have healed that part. Now, this isn't about where we're going to dwell in the past. 
that can be just as devastating as bypassing it. This is about embracing it, acknowledging it, nurturing it, because that's what we may have needed in that moment in the past. We may have needed this nurturing instead of feeling abandoned or feeling unwanted or feeling unloved. So we give ourselves that love, that self-love, that self-care, that self-attention by acknowledging that pain and suffering, bringing it into our hearts and nurturing it, giving that part of ourselves that which was lacking, that remained. That's just something I wanted to share with you today. That's a step in to self-love is nurturing that pain. Be well, my fellow travelers on the spaceship of Earth, and know that you are love. Talk soon. This has been Robert with the report from Sedona, Arizona. My email is aquietmind at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.